I think for me, it just mattered a lot. You know, it did, which is why it was hurting. And um, it was new for me as well. It was new. So I did have to have a lot of internal conversations with myself. And the truth is, because I wasn't as experienced in, in you know, being benched and being on the second team and stuff, I would dwell on the thought of it for at least a day, two days. So I would, my energy would drop for a day, two days. I would allow myself to feel it, really, truly feel it, and then use it and do something productive like reach out to the coach. From Healthify Me, this is Healthify Talks. On this podcast, we document the stories of human capability. It's about what's possible if we push ourselves outside of our comfort zones. And on today's episode, the story of Tanvi Hans and how she became India's first ever woman to play at an elite level of football in the UK, representing clubs such as Tottenham and Fulham. Tanvi's long journey to professional football started all the way back to when she was eight years old. So very simply, I'm from Delhi. And when I was eight, nine years old, I was anyways very sporty and I would pick up sports very easily. And football was introduced to me at the age of about eight. And that's when I started playing proper organized football on an 11 side pitch and understood how the game works and things like that. I, being so passionate about football and sports in general, but particularly with football, I immediately realized that there was a path here. There was a future that could need a building, but it could be built. And uh, around the same time, funnily enough, the movie Bennett I Beckham came out as well. It's a movie at the end of the day, but she is a Punjabi girl. She also had all these restrictions around her, stopping her from pursuing her passion at a higher level. So I did relate to a very large extent, and that too was a big motivator for me. And then I decided to do my master's in England. I ended up doing international management at Exeter University, which is towards the south of England. And when I was researching universities and things, I made sure that they have a strong women's football team. In fact, surprisingly enough, I didn't make the first team for the first couple of weeks. I was in the second team. Definitely hurt. That was my first exposure of English women's football. I saw how organized it is, how professional it is, the facilities that are available, the coaching, um, you know, even the level of competition, everything was obviously better than anything I was used to back in India. So when I thought about the fact that I love the level of football here, it's competitive, um, you know, I can actually really grow in this atmosphere. And after my master's were over, I came back to Delhi. And I sat down with my dad. I sat down with my coach, Chibursa, who's been coaching me since the 11th grade. And um, I told them that I've heard that some of these clubs in London have open trials. There is no guarantee that I'll make it, but I will work very hard to, to give it my all and see if I can actually reach that level. There were six months to go and I was training morning and evening. I had no social life. Hardly got to see even my family that was under the same roof. I want to ask you, since... You decided to take those professional tryouts um, right after your Exeter experience. You must have had a decently good experience playing pretty high-level football at Exeter. Could you just walk us through um, a little bit about what that experience was like and and touch on the highs and lows that you encountered during that time? So I am from Delhi and there were very few girls that played back then, you know, and I was amongst the best. So for me to then go to Exeter and not be selected in the first team, it was deflating. 
you know i don't think up until that point i was pushed to a corner to be like hey tanvi there's still those areas that you need to work on which is why you're not the best option right now you're not the best player in that position right now so what are those areas that you need to work on i could shoot a ball all that was great but i was being knocked off the ball like i had no weight on me at all and fortunately for whatever reason i was able to get myself into that space and be self critical and be okay with the fact that um, i have these areas that i need to work on so tanvi you mentioned that you were able to be self critical and actually that ended up being a good thing but it must have been tough at the time could you just describe a little bit further about what that moment of not making the first team really felt like i think for me uh it just mattered a lot you know it did uh which is why it was hurting and um um it was new for me as well it was new so i did have to have a lot of internal conversations with myself and the truth is because i wasn't as experienced in in you know being benched and being on the second team and stuff um uh, i would dwell um on the thought of it for at least a day two days so i would my energy would drop for a day two days so i have a tendency as nature i've improved a lot but it to bask in it a little bit i allow myself to bask in it a little bit and keep in mind at that stage i wasn't very experienced in this anyways so uh, for me to feel it i would fully feel it and i'd maybe even cry a little bit one of the things that I really 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 sort of dove into was a lot of elinda generous <laughs> i watched a lot of her shows and apart from that a lot of friends that's really when i started my friends um my journey with friends so i would allow myself to feel it really truly feel it and then use it and that's that's when i would i would take a day and then that's when i would send the email to the coach or i would get him one on one to really understand his critical point of view because that's productive you know so if i understand okay why is the coach not selecting me why am i not his first choice that's really when i can actually productively move towards being um the first choice right otherwise it's just about i don't know i don't think i'd ever move forward so um the truth is at that point i did take a little bit of time uh in the in the sadness of it or or the the pinch of it but then that would drive me to reach out uh and then do something productive i think that's such a powerful message because it's a great example of how to use what could be seen as a setback as fuel to actually do something positive for yourself. And now I I want to move on to the trials and and what you did to prepare for those trials, specifically from a physical, mental and even a nutritional perspective. And you mentioned earlier that for 6 months your workouts were day in and day out and intense. Could you just talk a little bit about your days at that point in time and and what types of workouts you were doing? So when i finished my masters at extra i came back to delhi and i approached my dad of course and my coach chibursa told them about these trials and yeah the good thing is that fortunately dad was instantly supportive you know he i don't know why but he always has been such a great he really has been a great supporter i don't think i'd be here without him but then obviously the next conversation was with my coach to prepare myself for the trials he had been my coach since the 11th grade you know i was his daughter in many ways and i i saw him as a father figure as well and he was has been an athlete himself so when i say athlete i mean literally a track and field athlete and so the way he trained me was 
the word I would use is very desi. So the the training I would do was not essentially in a gym. It was out in the park. It was out using maybe some manual tools and things like that. And I loved it. I remember this one time there was fat bark of a tree that fell onto the football ground that we train at basically. And that day, my only workout and the only thing he wanted me to do was he gave me an axe and he just wanted me to get through the bark. And that's all I did. So for the next hour and a half or whatever it took me, I was just getting through it. And then once it split, then I was done, basically. And then if I wanted to play some football, I could. <laughs> Working with Chibuso was great because those six months, um, I was a beast. I, I know I was an absolute beast. Um, and, and that worked. That worked for me when I gave the trials. Yeah. I love the story of having to work out with a tree bark because that actually sounds like a ton of fun. And, you know, these these unconventional workouts can just be a great way to spice things up in your, in your routine. But just to change gears slightly, if you were to advise somebody who's looking to go through a physical transformation, probably a little bit of a different transformation than what you were looking to do, but a transformation nonetheless, what are a few things they should keep in mind and focus on while doing so? Throughout this process of preparing for these trials, where you were working out two or three times a day and had no time for basically anything else, including a social life, what did that whole process feel like? How tough was it? I think, first of all, always be in the hands of a professional. Um, you do not want to take advice from a friend who is also fit or something like that. That's just the wrong way to go. And I think that's just the general Indian mentality that, oh, okay, so she's into fitness, let's take some advice from her. But, but the truth is you need to be in the hands of a professional. There needs to be a proper plan. And this person needs to guide you through that plan. You know, even little things like your posture when you're lifting weights or um, uh, during this time when I was training um, to go, um, I did handstands for the first time in my life. Now, if I wasn't under the right guidance and uh, Chibursa didn't know how to do this, I could have really snapped my neck or something like that, you know? Obviously, the diet aspect needs to work parallelly and needs to be inbuilt into the plan because your recovery aspect is very important. For me, gaining weight was important. I needed to gain muscle. I needed to gain mass. I needed to be strong. So for me, gaining weight was important. And the way that we did it was obviously my intake of protein and intake of food in general had increased uh, also because my energy expenditure was increasing every day. So yeah, I mean, I think you need to have a target, a very clear target. Are you losing weight? Are you gaining weight? What is the uh, purpose? What is the intention? And then having a plan uh, around that, that a professional has sat and understood um, uh, about your body, uh, the ability of your body, build that plan around it, and then have the nutritional aspect parallel to uh, that plan. That's the best way to go. Throughout this process of working hard for six months in preparation, you know, working out three times a day, two times a day, and even not having a social life during this and potentially not being able to see your family, could you just talk about one of the lows that you faced during this period? When you're training at the level that I was looking to train at, there is a bit of a plateau that happens. No matter how hard you're working, and for me, I knew I was putting in the work, and the results were showing, but they were very, 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 very minor. And the truth is, every physical transformation reaches this stage, you know, and that's normal. Then to find that motivation through that plateau period, because the body has an adjustment phase. 
you know, where they have to adjust, it will plateau for a bit. And then again, it will spike up. So you need to understand and be patient with yourself. And the truth is that if you surround yourself with people who believe in you, it really does help. And it really, really helps you push and prove it to them and prove it to yourself and and sort of uh, last through that plateau period. I remember uh, reaching exhaustion, absolute exhaustion many times in those six months. Uh, and I would just like pick up the phone and she was like, so I really, I'm telling my body's breaking down at this point. I just, just give me one day, one day off. That's all. And somehow or the other, he'd sort of motivate me and, and, uh, we get back on the field. So be patient because our bodies are built in such a way that it'll adjust to what you're putting it through. But that adjustment period can be very slow and results come slowly. Your story to me is is the story of someone with a, a big dream that most people would likely think of is what you would call a pipe dream. When you were in India and you wanted to be a professional footballer in the UK, that's that's a huge step and nobody had ever done it, which is why a lot of people probably would have thought like, oh, that would have been really tough, but you ended up doing it. So what one piece of advice would you give to someone who's looking to achieve a tremendous goal that, you know, some may say is really tough. It could be a huge weight loss transformation. It could be uh, the journey of, of achieving a goal in business. It could really be anything, but what is that one piece of advice you would give to somebody who's looking to do something really big? I would just say that you need to have a very clear vision or at least an understanding of the future that you want and be driven enough to want it and understand that it takes one step every day. That's it. One step to get closer and you need to be patient. You need to be patient with the result. You need to be patient with the journey and find a way to freaking enjoy the journey. Because if you find a way to enjoy the journey before you know it, you're halfway there. And then before you know it, you're, you know, you've just got a quarter more to reach. And I think as long as you find a way to do that, um, it becomes a lot easier. Yes, you have this target, this, this future target that you want to achieve, but it does not need to lack a satisfaction. I know I feel really good every time I go to the gym or I go, I train with the boys um, and sort of dribble past a few of the players, whatever. Those are little, little things that you're sort of giving yourself a pat on the back for. And... And that's really the only way to sort of eventually reach somewhere close, if not to your actual target. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Healthify Talks, brought to you by Healthify Me. Our goal with this show is to share the people and stories behind transformations and to show that really it's within all of us to improve if we put our mind to it. So if you're looking for a healthy dose of motivation to help you on your journey towards change, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform to never miss an episode. Last but not least, download the Healthify Me app and get started on your fitness journey today. The link and further description will be in the show notes below. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you in the next one.